Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, hello. Suddenly metamorphosized into a caricature of a copper. Sorry about that. It's Owen Jones. This is the Cheerful Election Daily. There are... Nine days until the general election. Nine. That is a week and two days. Let's just spell it out. So we're all on the on the same electoral page. Wow. Well, you can see it in the distance, and it's coming towards us, is hurtling towards us. Hopefully not like an asteroid. <laughs> Cheerful election daily. Um yeah, this is it, guys. We're we're getting there. Uh if you want to do something now, I would do something quite quickly. So Let's just have a little think, shall we, about where we are. The polling has shifted towards Labour. One new poll now has Labour in the mid-30s. In fact, a lot of them do, but 35%. That's the highest Labour's been on for many months. And um, this election campaign started with Labour in some polls in the early 20s and competing with the Liberal Democrats, who in this poll are now 22 points behind. So there has obviously been quite a lot of movement. Uh, Remainers in particular... Uh, the beginning of the campaign, I think I discussed this the other week, uh, 34% Remainers started by backing Labour at the beginning of the campaign. It's out to 49%. Leave us from a low level, but that's gone up slightly. We need to talk about that. And uh, amongst young people, I'm going to bring up this brilliant account I want you to all follow called Lefty Stats. Go to at Lefty Stats, i.e. that is, Stats for Lefties. And he's, uh, he's thought it was the team, but uh, the voting intention of... Uh, although I think there's one main person behind it who's brilliant. Anyway, voting attention of 18 to 24-year-olds. Um, at the beginning of the campaign, Labour's on 41%. They're now on 55%. The Tories have stayed static pretty much at a fifth of them. Uh, there are, so there are young Tories, but they are not many, many. Just put this in perspective, because people often go, well, they're young, they'll become right-wing as, uh, as uh, sort of reality dawns upon them or whatever, and uh, because being left-wing is a young naivety. In 1983, young people, uh, 18 to 24-year-olds, voted for Thatcher. Uh, Thatcher had a nine-point lead amongst them. Uh, they were in, uh, it was about 41% voted for Thatcher back then. So there's not, it's not true in... Uh, in the 1980s, in one election, younger Americans were more likely to support Reagan than older Americans. So it's just not true. What's happened, of course, is uh, the promise of Thatcherism in uh, independence and uh, and all the rest bred actually insecurity. And for younger people, can't get an affordable home, can't get a properly paid job or a secure job. Uh, living in a, a society where public se- uh, services are fraying, declining, their living standards down, indebted for going to university, etc. And they have strongly felt progressive values that they feel are understandably under assault. So that, that I think, explains that decisive shift. Um, as I've said, all the polling now, in the last few days, there's been an increase. The Tories still have a lead, a significant lead. It's diminished from where it was, but it varies 
there are polls which give the Tories a landslide and others which point towards a hung parliament. But there's still nine days, so that can all change either direction. But we know from the last election, the polls were wrong in Labour's favour, but this does depend on young people coming out to vote, which I've already discussed. But I just thought I'd give everyone that little update. Now, what I want to do, uh, I went to, uh, as I spoke about yesterday, to Stoke-on-Trent on Saturday. Now, Stoke-on-Trent, I went to the south, the constituency, one of the few constituencies Labour lost. And I spoke there to a local activist who is on the ground obviously talking to people on a daily basis, campaigning. Uh, And I wanted to kind of gauge what's going on there. This is one of the only constituencies Labour lost last time. But Labour's big challenge is these Leave constituencies, in particularly the North and the Midlands, which uh, the Tories and the Brexit Party, which are themselves Tories, but they will split the vote and allow the Tories to win potentially in these seats. They're hoping that they will make inroads into these constituencies. I want to chat to her. I did chat to her uh, in her car and i just want to give you a flavor of what's going on over there to give you an impression of the challenge labor faces in the final nine days i'm becky Sargent. i'm a lecturer at stafford college i'm an activist for the labor party um, in stoke south what do you think happened why did stoke book, book the trend i think now i might be wrong here but i think stoke has been people feel like stoke has been forgotten so I think the Labour government beforehand did some really good things. Sure, start centres, you know, we had new schools built. But I don't think people realise, actually, you know, things that didn't happen were because, you know, we, you know, we got hammered by Thatcher in the 80s. Yeah. You know, and there was a lot of work that actually needed to be done that perhaps wasn't able to be done. And I think people blame Labour for that. And there's a huge... Um, how can I say this? Um, a lot of people read the Daily Mail, Daily Express. And so, you know, perhaps the right-wing press has done a good job around here, shall we say. And it's hard, the message on the doorstep. It, you know, it's hard. We've seen a shift, though, this week. Really? And yeah, it's been so nice. Monday night was the best canvassing session that I've done in a long time. Labour, Labour, Labour. What people really saying good. in terms of the shift? What, think, what's kind of coming up? I think now people understand the manifesto. Yes, Brexit is a massive issue, but I think people now, when they think, actually, I've got my polling card and I've got to make a choice, can I actually vote Tory? And will they do it? I don't know. You know, because there's a lot of people who are like, I've never voted Tory before in my life, I can't do that. And some people are going to, for the first time, will vote Conservative because they want Brexit to be done, you and know. And they repeat that to you, that yeah, line. Yeah. It's really cut through yeah. some people. Yeah, these yeah, round here. Um, but... I think when it actually comes to it, I think people are starting to think, can I actually put that cross next to Conservative? Because my dad would turn in his grave kind of thing, you mean? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So we'll see. That might be why the shift's happened, but, you know, we've got a lot of work to do in the next 12 days. For a long time, a lot, it was Remainer, basically Labour MPs representing quite hardcore Remain constituencies. You said just have to shift to this direction. But in places like this, a lot of Leave voters are going... They feel, do they feel, do you think, quite betrayed by it? Yeah, because 70% of the people around here voted to leave. Well, voted in the election. I can't remember that's what they did. In the referendum, it was about 70%. Yeah, it was about 70% vote to leave. And they can't understand why, why hasn't that happened. And I think they've done a very good job at blaming Labour for halting that process. Do you know what I mean? So even though the Conservatives have messed it up royally, yeah. they still think, well, you know, Labour could have voted for that deal and yeah. it would have happened. 
do you know what I mean? So it, it is difficult. But is there anyone? Are you finding anyone? Because you've said people going to the Tories, but then maybe coming back. Are you finding? Is there anyone who didn't vote for Labour last time coming to Labour? Was that still quite tricky? There's. I think when I'm looking at the data, when I'm plugging it in, mm-hmm. there's some Labours that have gone undecided. But there are, like, you know, the other day I'd, I've had conversations where undecideds have gone, you know, we're undecided before we're now Labour. My issue is whether someone will admit that they're a Tory. Um, you know, so when you're on the doorstep, mm-hmm. you know, when they're saying, oh, I don't know, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, it's, one like the, it's like the eighth deadly sin, you know, saying you're a Tory. Because yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting that, because in, in Croydon Central... They had a recent well, they had a council by-election about this was five weeks ago. But the Lib Dems did better, but obviously Labour won it. But they didn't pick up that on the doorstep, and that was people who they think said don't know who would seem embarrassed to say Lib Dem, and that might be similar, might it? People will say. I think so. Yeah, I think we've got we we've got in a short space of time we've got to do a really good job on the doorstep of convincing people to vote Labour. How many people are you getting door knocking? Is are you getting enough people out? Because obviously in in some it's getting better. Um, you know, some sessions can be threes and fours, some sessions can be 15. You know, it, it just, there's no pattern, rhyme or reason to it, really. Um, What's your role, Becky? I'm the campaign coordinator for Stokes House. I'm the treasurer and I'm the branch, sec- I'm the branch secretary for oh, the word. local branch, yeah. Full <laughs> shebang. And is it really welcome when you have a kind of momentum type event like this? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, it is. I think, I think there'll be a lot of people here today. Well, I know there'll be a lot of people here today because I've had people messaging me. So, yeah. Very, very fascinating, very interesting. And that just gives you some sort of detail, I think, about what's going on on the ground there. If you're interested in hearing more about what was going on down on Stoke-on-Trent, South, then my colleague at The Guardian, Anushka Astana, actually accompanied me, me and, and she presents his amazing podcast today in Focus at The Guardian, and the full episode following me in Stoke-on-Trent and just getting a real sense of what was going on will be broadcast this Friday, so please, please do listen to that. I had a great time in Stoke-on-Trent. I saw lots of houses with some of the best Christmas decorations I've seen. You know, the kind of full... You know when they go full pelt? They're not messing about with a couple of lights on the tree outside. No, they've got like Santa's climbing the walls and stuff. It was... uh, I just love that kind of stuff. What can I say? My own tree arriving, I think, today. But I don't know that because I'm actually currently sitting in a Premier Inn in Glasgow. This is the sort of glamorous style, lifestyle that I... I live. Uh, I do love coming to Glasgow. Uh, my mum lives over in Edinburgh. I spent a couple of years in Falkirk uh, as a kid, as you can tell from my impenetrable S- Scottish accent. But it's interesting here because this is obviously a big challenge. This was one of the heartlands of Labour, it's founding heartlands. Uh, its first leaders of the Labour Party were, were all Scottish, um, including, of course, Keir Hardy, who I've named my cat after. Uh, he'd be absolutely delighted to hear, I'm sure. Um, and this is a big challenge here because, of course, the independence referendum opened up uh, floodgates and shifted a political realignment, which which Scottish Labour have struggled with ever since. But I actually went to Jo Swinson's constituency today to see whether or not she could lose her seat to the SNP, who won it between 2015 and 2017. Not sure if that's going to happen because over 5,000 majority, but it does honestly go to show what, not an ideal campaign for the Lib Dems. They started off with Joe Swinton talking about becoming the next Prime Minister, and now I'm sniffing around her seat to see if she's actually going to lose it. Um, she's not going to become Prime Minister. Um, 
but it does show it's it's just fascinating up here because you've got the collision between independence and that division in society and that was the first big political tornado to hit this island and um, that referendum uh of course there's another political tornado brexit you may have noticed and that's colliding here in different ways i've heard in glasgow people being quite bullish and optimistic despite the fact that labor's polling here is not good at all and that's to say the least uh you know they're in danger they could lose some of their seats and of course if Labour can't get a majority overall, then the question will be, uh, will there be a minority government of Labour led by the SNP? And, uh, you know, will Labour go, well, in terms of, you know, you're not going to have a referendum to begin with. I would say, whether or not people agree with me or not, if the Scottish people vote in Holyrood in 2021 uh, for a pro-independence majority where they say, vote for us and there needs to be a referendum. Any government Westminster needs to accept that because there's a mandate for it. But I still think the best hope of those who don't want Scotland to become independent, I count myself uh, in that number, uh, is, of course, face a Labour government to come to power, which ends austerity uh, and increases taxes on the rich uh, to do that and gives Scotland the money it needs to overcome the problems that have been called caused by a... Uh, vicious Tory government in Westminster. Uh, and I think a Boris Johnson hard Brexit government will make independence extremely likely. And I, I, having spoke to people on the ground here, that's how people feel. SNP activists are very clear, though. They're very, you know, they will say absolutely, you know, don't, uh, you know, we wouldn't want independence to be born from that. We abhor Tories coming to power um, in any shape or form, but still objectively, isn't it? More likely. Um in those circumstances. So it's interesting because obviously the difficulties of Scottish Labour because of that constitutional division is, is, is acute and they've not managed to recoup. The, they've got won some seats. They were almost desperate. Well, they had one seat left out of uh, 46 seats they won in 2010, uh, over in 2015. And it's a huge, huge challenge that they're facing, to say the least. But you've got great MPs like Paul Sweeney, who was elected in the 2017 wave, who's fighting a really uh, determined ground campaign over in Glasgow with his great red radical history. Um, but here it's... It is interesting because obviously the SNP feel very bullish indeed. Um, and whatever happens, it's very likely there will be a lot of SNP MPs. And if Labour can't win a majority, that will come into play. But I think what Labour will do in Westminster is go, right, we're going to do these things. We're going to uh, increase tax on the rich to invest austerity and all the other promises. And if you don't, if you vote them down, then that's on you. And that will be an interesting dynamic because I think at the end of the day, SNP MPs will think we will get an independence referendum, even if it's not on the timetable we want, but they can't be seen to vote down that legislation. But look, this is for literally next week and I'm getting ahead of myself because it depends whether or not there is going to be the Tories losing, not having a majority. And if they don't win a majority, it's very unlikely they can have a new relationship with the DUP given their position on Brexit. So there's there's a lot of dramas, but I'm getting ahead, as I keep saying, of myself because this is the last lap. And I just say to people, if you want to do something, do it now. Get in touch with the local Labour Party or go to my nearest marginal, Google that, and that will tell you the nearest places to go if you live in a safe Labour seat or in a really safe Tory seat. You need to go somewhere else if you want to get rid of Tories and elect a new government. Um, go go wild on social media. Share those videos. Share those angry statuses. Um, because 
I don't know. I think we're all going to ask ourselves, what did we do? I mean, uh, it's a question I'll probably ask myself when I've had a bit of sleep after this election, because as you can hear, I'm near um, delirious, uh, which is unfortunate because I've got to go on Scottish television in about two hours. Uh, This is last night, of course, that you're listening to me right now. I want to end again uh, with... Just because it, I, I think it's, made, it's had a big impact on me. I think it's, I'm sure it's had a big impact on many of you as well. David Merritt, dad of Jack, who was killed by the terrorist uh, last Friday, in response to, again, the Tory electoral machine. Uh, and we've got to think of the press, most of the press as part of that machine. Don't think of them, there's no demarcation there. They are acting in lockstep with the Tory official campaign. They are the campaigning wing of the Tory party, the Sun, the Mail, the Express, etc. But he wrote to say this, don't use my son's death and his and his colleagues' photos to promote your vile propaganda. Jack stood against everything you stand for, hatred, division and ignorance. And again, last night he wrote a beautiful piece in which he said Jack would be livid. His death has been used to further an agenda of hate. And of course it can't be. We've got to, you know, as him, as uh, his dad, as his other loved ones want, they want people to build on the work that he did, which was about rehabilitation, working with people from very difficult backgrounds and working on the basis of compassion and love. What more could you ask for? So that's it for me tonight. I am going, just so you know, I'm going on a real blitz in the coming days. I'll be going to lots of marginal seats in London, places like Putney, uh, Chipping Barnet, Hendon, uh, but at the weekend, Bury South, for example, uh, and Southampton Itchin, which is the most marginal seat in the country, which Labour didn't win last time. But you don't have to do all that yourselves. You've all got lives, work, families, uh, I'm sure, and different circumstances, what you can financially afford to do. Just do whatever you can. You know, there's no, no big pressure. Don't beat yourselves up, but do something. I think we can all do that. Because otherwise, next week, there will be a hard Brexit, hard right government, and we will see the laughing faces of Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg. But we could also see the smirks wiped off their faces. And I think that will be quite a special moment for us. Lots of love, everyone. Speak to you tomorrow. Election Daily is produced by the cheerful team, including Jeff Lloyd, Emma Corsham, Joe Kenyon and Joel Pearce, with music from Pete Frazier. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.